Welcome to Energy Matters, exploring awakening to your authentic self and finding purpose through mind, body, and soul. With your hosts, Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by IntuitiveVision.net and GroundedMind.com. Hey everybody, welcome to Energy Matters and we are here with the amazing Jeff Owens, incredible spiritual teacher, meditation teacher, healer, and of course our host Cody Edner. Hi both of you guys. Hey David. Hey guys. We're just three sensitive guys doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, there are sensitive men out there and they're all on this podcast right now. And here we are. <laughs> and here we are. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff, for being here on such short notice. And um, I got to know you recently. We went on a trip together to France. We spent two weeks traveling through the south of France and exploring some of the cool mysteries of the Knights Templar and meditating with a group of about 30 people. It was amazing. And so I got to know Jeff a bit and invited him on the show. So here we are. And Jeff, you run a meditation school in California called Sacred Heart. Is that right? That is correct. Sacred Heart Meditation Center. It's in Auburn, California. It's about eh, 30 miles east of Sacramento. Very cool. And, and what do you teach exactly there? Oh, well, the base uh, uh, teachings in this, of the center are meditation, uh, so meditation beginning and advanced meditation. And then after that, of course, there's an area for hey, clairvoyance, a clairvoyant mm-hmm. program, which I've been teaching. My wife and I actually started teaching about 10 years ago. Uh, and we do two years. It's a two-year program. It's a big commitment, but yeah. it's a very rewarding. And so there's those three things. And then also there's a healing class, too, that's available that we teach there. Very cool. Very, very cool. And how did you uh, – I like to usually start the show this way. And how, how did you get into doing energy work and spirituality? It was like – there one moment in your childhood that something happened or did it come as an adult? Where did that start for you? Well, this is a story that I tell often in my classes. And imagine a little kid trying to sleep at night and you can't sleep because you see something in the closet and you see it moving. You're not sure what it is. You're scared. You go tell your mom. Mom goes, Jeffrey, there's nothing there. Go to sleep. And so of course I would go to sleep and, but I wouldn't really go to sleep because it was still there. So after about three weeks of this, finally, I bought my mother's picture, if you will. So I said, if I'm going to sleep, I have to trust her. So whatever I'm experiencing is not real. So I just bought what she was buying. And that's where my last memory was of really seeing things that clearly. And how old were you? Eh. I was probably about 10 or 11. Mm. Wow. So, so little did I know, my family, we lived in, uh, in Maryland, and our house was right smack dab next to an old uh, World War, not World War II, I, I, um, Civil War burial ground. So mm. there were plots that they were finding when they built the houses. There were still plots that you can't even see if you move the uh, grass away. And some of those beings, uh, some of those uh, uh, ghosts, as I would call them at the time, were just wandering around and I would see them. And it scared me pretty well. But after buying my mother's picture, the world got a lot better and happier. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, buying it wasn't real. So almost like ignorance was bliss. Ignorance is definitely bliss. And then how, how did you come back around to that as an adult? Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't uh, really start getting back into it until I was in the Air Force, which was in the 80s. You were in the Air Force as a young man. You work in computers and you teach psychic classes in the evening. You were like a man of mystery. <laughs> pretty, pretty wild biography you have there. And we're just scratching the surface. Jeff, since we're all uh, guys here, I'm sure not all men listening, but... For any women listening, you might want to hear this. When you work with men specifically, what do you notice that's different in a man's energy versus a woman's energy? And how how do you address that 
and I guess how do you address that in terms of like the spiritual work that you do? What what is it that you do with men that's different that you wouldn't do with a group of men and women? Well, you take a step back and when I teach men or women, I really harp on, you know, have them look at the fact that okay, you're a spirit. You've been men and you've been female. So mm. been had many body types. We're just dealing with the body type you have now, specifically using a set of tools. So you know, feminine energy is, it's a lot higher than uh, male energy. The female body has the ability to create or create another body. And there's that machine that can, can do that, just to be technical, that allows a greater amount of energy to come forward. So uh, the, the male, the men, men, are a little lower vibration. And so both of these... Uh, yeah, bodies, that's a fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little slower, yeah. yeah a little bit. We make we make podcast. Right. Yeah, we do stuff, you know. So Tell us. female energy might be like, the male energy is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we, a man we actually have deeper voices generally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, a lot of the men that come in, they're vibrating higher than their body really likes because they've either been around a lot of female energy or they're matching something that's, it takes them out of their, a band, which is safe or the word's not safe, but is, which is best for their healing. It's, just, it's best for, for that spirit to be in that body when the body is vibrating at that particular rate. And in the men's space, uh, you know, I, I tell this story. My first time going to one of Lewis Boswick's men's meditation spaces, you know, I was always late. So one day I walk in and there's one chair way in the front. You know, how it always is like that. You walk through there and guys are just meditating. It's completely quiet. I sit down and it's so quiet and the energy is so low. My legs are shaking and I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, and 15 minutes later, Lewis just says, just match, just do what everyone else is doing. And I go, oh, okay. So I just, you know, I grounded, used the tools that I had, and I started to slowly match where the body, where the energy was set. And so really what I learned there was if you set an energy, the body matches it, the spirit just kind of slowly uh, sifts into the body, and the body can heal. The male body can heal at a particular rate where the female body heals at another rate. And so we worked that. Uh, we, we honor it. And, uh, so I do a men's, uh, every other Friday, I do a men's gig where men come in. We just set the energy. We turn everything down. We slow everything down and we just start to, to, you know, go in, find the center of our heads and, and be and do nothing. The art of doing nothing. And so that's kind of where the men's space comes in. The female space is really is watching, you know, some of the females that come into my classes, they're vibrating so high, they're out of their body. So finding what the optimum or the, the best frequency is for the, their body to be at, for them to be able to stay in there, operate and not be off and, you know, tailing off into Jupiter somewhere. Yeah. So it's, it's all about regulation. It's not about being as bright as you can and exploding into the room and taking it over. And, and it's really finding out where your body rests the best where it vibrates at the best and then you know and and, and hitting that stride and then letting the spirit body do a dance because that's what i think it's all all about a spirit and body are doing a dance they're they're true soulmates you know in becoming one more follow-up with that you've noticed that with men they're that are the mass not just men but the masculine energy that men tend to run more than women likes to sit and do nothing sometimes it's almost sit in that kind of still space whereas feminine energy tends to be moving more and i think there's you know you hear people joke about it all the time or even women complaining like oh my husband's sitting watching football he's on the couch he doesn't want to do anything and i'm and she he keeps saying i'm nagging him uh and i've even heard uh one female teacher say when a man is watching football uh he's not and, and he, you say, he's not listening to me. He's not not listening to you and watching football. He can only do one thing at a time. He's just watching football. He's not not listening to you. He's only <laughs> able to do one thing at a time. <laughs> and I've noticed that too with female energy. It, it's almost better 
at multitasking in general. Of course, these are generalities and male energy likes to kind of like focus into one thing. Have you noticed that too? Definitely. No, that's where men try to do too many things. If they start matching females, then they're a little scattered and jittery and don't accomplish much. We hone them down to something simple like breathing and just being still and finding a vibration, just allowing things to, to move. It's almost like the male body is very good at allowing and just being there. The female creative aspect is there to make get things moving and and create something. And so you know, those are in some ways completely different energies, but you know, we all have a male and a female component to ourselves. And that's another step, another mm-hmm. to look at. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh and it's tough for men to get into some of these spiritual circles because, you know, the, the females really, when they get in there and they start fighting, getting their answers and, and creating agreements, sometimes those agreements are so strong that only, you know, some pretty powerful dudes come in and they can kind of break, break through and, mm-hmm. and hey, here I am. How's it going? What's going on? Uh, and so we do work those kind of things and take a look at male-female dynamics and even to the point of what part in the male, the man, your spouse, whatever male uh, uh, lessons you're learning this lifetime, what part of them is in you? you know, mm-hmm. What do you resist in, in men or what do you resist in women? And you look at those. You look at what that might be. What could it possibly be? So, mm. yeah, those are great spaces and there's more men coming slowly I have some younger guys that are starting to show up and they're full of energy and uh, but they've got that boom you know they, they're, they're really solid you know in their, in their body yeah but men tend to have a heart in my experience have a harder time stepping into spirituality because it's almost like it's supposed to be this thing where you have to be sensitive and open and like if you're a man you're you know you're just doing your thing and you're your skin right. is made of leather, you know, and you're out there chopping wood and you're a man. Uh, and I've noticed that a lot with men. It's like they think that you have to be too sensitive or too into your emotions. And so they step back from it. But maybe that's just because there's so many women doing it. So it seems that way from the outside. But you're saying there's a whole nother aspect to it for men that the women aren't tapping into. That if the men were there, they could tap into. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. that's what's that's what kind of slows down the growth of of anything like it, whether it's a center or uh, a relationship is where is that where where's that balance and how can both both uh, genders come together honor the vibrations and then you know find a working arrangement and they grow so, more together right so if there's men in the group whether it's you know a spiritual group or or a company or or family or whatever group it is, if there's men in the group, the women learn from the male energy from the men and the men, the men can learn from the female energy, energy in the women. But if it's only women, there's almost like an aspect that they're missing for their own growth and vice versa. It's kind of the picture I was getting when you were talking and I never really thought about it before, but how much we learn from each other rather than only learning from one other female or one other male who we call our partner or boyfriend, girlfriend, or or spouse, and then, you know, you get into this one relationship and you only learn from that one female or male that only has so much to offer. And what I've noticed when I teach meditation and have groups, it's awesome to have a group of men and women together in a room and watch them learn from each other and just watch the energy exchanges. So calling all sensitive men (laughs) to Jeff's classes. Yeah, well, you know, because one of the the things that we're – learning about as we start to get in touch with an awareness of energy. And and I've seen the same thing where the classes can very often be, you know, 70 to 80% women uh, and just a small percentage of men can get in. But I think one of the things where women can get into that, this type of work more easily and, and oftentimes just spirituality in general um, is that they have this thing they grew up with called women's intuition and there's permission uh-huh to have yeah. that part of oneself or be in touch with it. And, and I don't know that as men, we have an equivalent to that where we can feel comfortable with uh, those inner aspects of ourselves. We're not gr- mm-hmm. We don't grow up 
uh, with that part being validated or uh, uh, fostered in, in most mm-hmm. settings, you know, yeah. and we're in, in fact, very often we're put upon to turn that off, you know, to not be sensitive to, to be sensitive is to be less than a man or weak or right. weak or what have you. So, you know, don't be a pussy. You know, right. man up. So, as a, as so a man, all the all the women listening to this show just just turned it off. <laughs> no, they've said oh, it to a guy oh, too. Oh. They've said it to their boyfriend. Too. Yes. You got to so. hear this. So, um, but part of what is happening when we start to to learn about or awaken to energy awareness is we become aware of how sensitive we are to energy and we're learning how to manage that sensitivity. And if we don't have a mixed group, if, if I'm learning how to handle my sensitivity to energy only in a group of men, how much am I learning how to handle my sensitivity and interact with female energy? And it's not much and vice versa. Yeah. So I think partly what we learn from each other is how to handle and communicate with and not get in competition with or invalidate each other's energy and where we're coming from in many ways, how to maybe start to understand uh, where we're coming from each, yeah, from right. one side to the other. And Cody, that kind of made me think of another point, which was we all have different spiritual abilities. We all have spiritual abilities, but some of us maybe have harnessed or naturally have certain ones that are more turned on or open than others. And men might have some that are more open and turned on than than women and women have others, like you said, female intuition. It's almost like women have permission to feel things. We might call that clairsentience, right? To feel things. And mm-hmm. men maybe have more permission for clairvoyance, like an Edgar Casey or a Nostradamus. Like I can see the visions, like the prophet yeah. can see and the woman can feel. Um, but we all have, and there's lots of different spiritual abilities. And Jeff, have you noticed, um, Right now in this wave of people that you've been teaching over the last few years, maybe it's the same for the whole 20 years you've been teaching or maybe there's been a shift. But have you noticed uh, a change or kind of a focus of the types types of spiritual abilities people are coming into your school with, into your classes with, something that they want to develop in particular, something that is just really prevalent that you've been noticing? Well, you know, each of these set of classes – Occurs and new students come in and current students students find more out about who they are. For sure, a lot more clairvoyant ability shows up in the class. Mm-hmm. Students come in, they're just like, boom. Oh, yeah, I see this, I see that. What's this, what's that? And one of my tasks is to still say hello to them and go, hey, um, that's great. Let's focus that. And so you can narrow the beam and use that ability, not just for yourself, but also to communicate to other people as spirit, spirit to spirit uh, in the work that we do. And so a lot of them are coming in just switched on and, and, and wide open. And then some of the guys that have come in, I just sit them side chair. I mean, you know, they never had a class. I'll sit them side chair in a reading. We, we actually read in a line of maybe more than one person. We have three or four people in a line. I'll sit in side chair next to uh, someone who's been reading, and that and a lot of the folks that come in now, they're right along with it. Yeah, I see that. Oh yeah, I got that too. Yeah, I see that. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's no big deal. It's you know it's it's just what what is. And I think how how that happened is men and women who uh, work their pictures, work the energy, find out about uh, more about who they are. When they're doing that, they're opening up a gateway for other people to come into and they're actually building permission and there's so much energy around permission. Do I have permission to do this? Does the guy have permission to let it go as opposed to flexing up and having to suck it up where yeah. the females like Cody was talking about females have a lot of permission. Just let it go, man. It's like, you got to suck that up, dude. You can't <laughs> let that go. This is the and air force, tell- son. <laughs> That's right. No wimps in here. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> that's that's. So I, I've had I've had guys, some guys that come in, they're really rough and tumble and brawn, but they also are in agreement to letting go to a certain degree. And some that come in, they're really uh, balances the word. Uh, and these years, they're these young guys. When I say young, you know, 18, 19, 20, 25. They're 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 coming in and they're they're ready to go. 
you know. Mm. But uh, the uh, women who come in are, are, are they're high energy, uh, very clairvoyant, uh, and uh, uh, clairaudient, clairsentient. All that is like right there. It's like you just kind of uh, have them herd the kittens into one area so they can focus and mm-hmm. then they use all those abilities. It's not, and we've talked about this before, everyone's psychic and everyone's clairvoyant to a certain degree, but how do you use that in your day-to-day life? How do you use that on the planet? You know, do you go out crazy and reading people nonstop? We've seen, we've seen those kind of people that do that, but you get to be, and this is kind of what I think you talked about earlier, how do I see myself? Sure, I, I, I do see myself as a clairvoyant person, but I also see myself as a person so I, I blend both of my worlds in together just to be a dude. Mm-hmm. And one day it's not going to be a big deal. Oh, yeah, clairvoyant. Yeah, so what? You know, uh, we're all that way. And yeah. we all see auras and we're all communicating. And it's not, a, it's not that big of a deal uh, anymore. That's kind of what my vision is in the future, is that we all get to that or, or getting back to that uh, point. So Beautiful. What, and when you think of that future or you you kind of envision that uh why you know what what is it that makes it different in a world of someone who is energy aware or uh clairvoyant i mean i i kind of have my own answer for this right but i'm just wanting to get Uh your take on um you know what why would we want everybody to to kind of have that awareness and what happens that's in the different in the interactions that you have with people when you or at least one side of that uh, conversation is aware of seeing you know beyond the facade seeing beyond the ego seeing what we might call the uh, the spirit of the person uh, the true person Uh uh-huh when most people wake up and look at themselves in the mirror and they do their shave or do their makeup. They're identifying with a physical thing, which is the body. When they walk out, they get on the subway, get in their car, they go to work. There's a meeting happening. Their boss comes up to them, and all of a sudden they start feeling and experiencing something, and they don't know why. Mm-hmm. And what I teach is that you don't begin and end with your body. You've got an energy field around your body, which is so much a part of you that since we don't see it, we don't validate it, and we don't recognize that it affects us in so many ways. And there's some people walking around right now that have uh, uh, aches and pains and issues that they're working on in their life, and they go right to the body and think, oh my gosh, I got to take a pill for that. Well, they start to consider the energy field around the body, what that means. We call it the aura, and there are layers to that. And then when you start to, to look at the aura and learn how to, I won't say learn, re-remember how to work with energy and what your spirit and your body are all about. You can start to work it from that and more of a spiritual perspective. So there's a spiritual component to an individual and there's a physical component to the individual. And those two worlds, I, I see that we're all looking to, to blend and to master. And so when you see someone on the street, you may think you're just seeing the tip of their nose, but depending on how far out their aura is, you may see that even before the person gets there, but it is truly a part of the being. And it, it, to me, it's a sacred energy. In times past, we all saw auras. It wasn't a big deal, but you can tell and communicate just by using, you know, like spirit, uh, mental image pictures and colors communicating on a spirit level. But also there's the body there. So the, that marriage between the two, I think, is is valuable. And we've lost uh that ability to a certain degree because it's not validated. And that's, that's what I do when I go into my workspace. That's what I do when I teach. It's like, okay, remember there's a body there, but also the spirit is also present. And what is it like? What is your spirit like in your body? Get to know yourself. And who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? Yeah. And I think we've all had that experience at some point where, we've been on the same wavelength with the person to the point where we, we kind of are communicating. Um, you know, we get the picture and we're in sync mm-hmm. with someone's energy way before they can tell the whole story. And, and we felt that feeling where, where that, that level of connection can feel really good. And, um, you know, when you start to talk about energy and learning to say, we learn to connect with energy or read or, um, manage our own energy, one of the things that you really have to 
practice and learn is how to to form that type of connection with anybody. With the practice is to be able to um, what you might consider match where someone's at to get into communication, right. which is to really come to uh, that place that happens randomly for many people, and yet when it happens, it's so profound. We go, wow! Remember, you know, so and so. Uh, wow, what a wonderful connection we had. And what what was the impetus of that connection? Usually it, it's not the conversation, it's the sub-conversation that's going on. It's the fact that right. we were getting the same picture, the same idea before we ever finished what we were talking about. And that's, right. when you talk about a psychic reading or psychic connection, that's the kind of connection that you're teaching people to make with anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. And there's power in that. I think if we all could uh, walk around the world, like in your vision, knowing that we're clairvoyant and connect with each other's energy in that way, uh, there'd be a lot less cause to uh, be at odds with each other. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's there's great. so much to the individual. Yeah. So much to a person. And Jeff, I, I just want to ask you, um, I've noticed this when I've taught a lot, but maybe you've noticed this as well. When people first, so some people might be listening to this, it's their first time listening to guys talk about energy work, <laughs> just guys talking <laughs> about energy work. Yeah, <laughs> um, What's strange about that? Just guys yeah. talking about energy work. Guys talking about energy work. What's weird about that? Happens all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so... Beer. When somebody walks in for their first time or they they first they take their first class and they start recognizing, wow, I do have some of these spiritual abilities and I just haven't had permission to explore them and to open up into them. What is it that keeps the people from having the permission to explore that energy and that awareness in their life, in their bodies, and actually start to learn about it? What is it in the world? Is it a level of skepticism, judgment, you know, invalidation? Does the, what is it in the world that makes everyone's or so many people's lights dim that when they come into a center like yours or Cody's or, uh, and they, and they recognize, oh, wow, I'm bright. How do I turn this back on? And why did I turn it down in the first place? So maybe my question is kind of two parts. Why did their lights, why do our lights get turned down in the first place? And how is it, how do we start to open up? What is it that comes off us when we start to open up? Well, you know, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think it starts when we hit the body and you get the smack on the ass. Uh, and it's, <laughs> you know, it, it, depending on what your family life is like, uh, there's a program that's set in place, you know, K through 12. And if you're going to go to college, you're going to do this. But there's certain uh, energies that we look to to say, is it okay? Is it not okay? If my parents weren't, didn't agree to being clairvoyant, maybe that energy is in my household. It's in the area that you just don't, you just don't do those kind of things. And it might be proven in the fact that when I did see the ghost guy in my closet, my mother said, you know what, it's not there. I don't know if she didn't see, if she really saw it or not, but I, I bought that. And when mm -hmm. I bought that, I think when we go to school and we're daydreaming off and we're, Maybe you're talking to a spirit guide in the corner and your teacher goes, Jeffrey, pull your attention back. What are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? Get over here. Get over here. There's nothing mm -hmm. going on out there. Mm -hmm. And then you, then you kind of buy that. And so all the things that are acceptable, you go and grab. They're very easy to grab those things where someone goes, hey, permission? Okay, you want to go left? You can go left with no problem. You want to go right? No problem. Go right. You want to levitate? There's no permission to levitate here, sir. And so <laughs> you, I think you start to, to build up uh, – a lot of do's and don'ts. And you know when you're doing wrong by the do's and don'ts. You know when you're doing right by the do's and don'ts. And so when you come into a center like mine or Cody's or, or you know, uh, or in a class with you, David, somewhere in the world, there's people walking in and saying, there's permission here for me to be who I am. There's permission here for me to find out what I'm here to do. And permission is, is huge because they let their guard down. They start to let things go that maybe they weren't allowed to let go. They start to look at things that the outside world says that you're not allowed to look at that. Matter of fact, there's no permission in this company as you come into the door to do this, 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 and this. There's no permission as a member of our family to do this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. So 
we kind of just have an open open permission policy that you get to be as wonderful and bright as you are and you get to peel those off. Come on in, come on in, sister. The water's fine, you know? Yeah. You know, open the door, brother. Come on in. Have a seat. There's no judgment. Uh, take a look. Uh, explore yourself. It's okay. And, and there's an energy that Lewis uh, Boswick uh, talked about called kindergarten. It's a kindergarten place for creators to come in and just work and figure out who they are and what they're all about. But there's permission to do that uh, in, in, in these spaces. And when people get in, uh, it happened just last night in class. How come I always can ground so much better in here than I can at my house? Mm-hmm. You know, they say it all the time. And then, of course, someone else answers because we've been doing it here for a long time. There's permission that's been set up over time. And yeah. it's in the aura of the center. It's in the aura of, you know, anywhere where there's permission, there's an aura of it. So, yeah, I think that that's when you can step into the to a space and know that there's permission just to be who you are. You can cry if you want. You can uh, learn to, to ground if you want. You can experience something that's maybe not normal for you. You might have sucked it up. So a lot of it is, you know, just coming into a new environment and being willing to, you know, to teach and learn in that space. And you were, yeah, thank you, beautiful. And you were also mentioning maybe at work in a corporate space where there's only so much permission or you can only speak in a certain language or, you know, dress a certain Mm -hmm. way, behave a certain way. And I know you have a passion. You were telling me when we were in France about working with companies in the nine to five crowd and actually going in to the lion's den, you know, Mm -hmm. between nine to five and getting in there and working with people that are in an office. Mm -hmm. What is your vision of that? And what, what is it that you want to accomplish and who do you want to say hello to? What do you want to help them with if you were to walk into a Fortune 500 company and teach a group of executives or middle management meditation? What is it that you want to help them see or get? Well, you know, first of all, I'd, I'd, I'd say hello to them as one of them because I've had a foot in both worlds, so to speak, for a long time. And so I understand that world. I understand the spiritual world. And in truth, I've been blending those worlds my whole life. And it works for me. And by bringing that working philosophy into the the corporate arena and offering them tools that work for me, those people that uh, have issues, uh, stress, there's a lot of stress in the the corporate environment. Why not learn Mm -hmm. how to, to ground and release something? Why not have yoga at lunch, which, you know, the company I'm in now has that level and other companies are, these things are coming on board. We're, it's already happening, really. The blending is already mm-hmm. happening. And I just see this huge upsurge in it where it's not, it's 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 an everyday thing. Oh, guess what? We're going to have a meditation from the Gandalman, you know? <laughs> and then next in the, in next week, it's it's uh, Commander Cody talking about, you know, your uh, creative, uh, you know, active creativity, whatever it happens to be. But uh, I think that, uh, and, and, and I've also been uh, uh, putting my toe in the water with different people over the years. So I kind of know uh, what the what the feel and the energy is of an environment. And where I'm at now, there's a lot of people that are uh, that would love to have uh, more meditation, more tools, more spirituality, if you will, in the workplace. Yeah. And that's just my particular area. I know others, uh, especially in California, places like, you know, or Hawaii might have some of that too, but... It's the mm-hmm. next step. It's the mm-hmm. next step. So my, my passion is to make it make the everyday person a spiritual person and a nine to five punching a clock person. There's no difference between the two of those beings or the same person. Uh, and they're living a more fulfilled life. They're, they're living a more uh, complete life because they're finding out more about themselves and sharing it with other people who they spend a lot of time with at work. Yeah. And they can, and in the end, they can take it home, you know, use the, the, the tools as they will, and it's what it stays with them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's kind of what my vision and my uh, picture is. And, you know, getting back to the spiritual community, there's so many people, and you guys probably know some too, who are out on the fringes. There's the, uh, there's the, uh, there's the Reiki master lady that were just stopped doing Reiki because it wasn't financially viable. We're taking it into finances now. 
Uh, there's the massage person that just can't make ends meet because all the, the people in the quote-unquote spiritual community are separated and on their own trying to do it. My picture is, is that they start coming in and working with HR departments and and uh, developmental spaces and, and companies and start to you know, have active tethers and communication so they can come in one day. Hey, you want to uh, have a feng shui, plasma feng shui, no problem, come right in. And so really what I'm, I'm looking at, my goal, my passion is to uh, have the, the, all the outstanding uh, healers and teachers out there plugged into the corporate space so it's not a separate environment. So the energy is equitable so you can actually make a live, you know, so you can actually uh, do your, your life's work. But it's marrying those two is that's what really drives me. That's yeah. what Integration. Me. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, because yeah, it's like the missing piece in so many people's, um, I think, maybe work world is that that's separate. You know, that that connectedness to oneself is separate. Uh, they're separated from that at work or in that corporate environment. And um, permission to bring that in and, and be the whole person, uh, you know, for those eight hours or probably more these days, um, what a powerful, powerful healing. Yeah, and that I think that also extends to another area. Those of us who would say we're in the spiritual community work the spiritual aspect, but sometimes we forget about the body. You know, the body needs exercise. The body needs good food. You know, the body needs you know positive, uh, and a, po a positive environment. And I think that that's also a part of what drives me. Is it is you just said it. Uh, the whole person concept. So I, I mean, from for teaching for all these years, I've seen bodies sitting in chairs that are miserable, but the people are still working there. They're clearing energy, but the body needs something directed directly for itself. And yeah. uh, as I look at the body, it's, it's, it's like your partner. And so one, you work one part of your space, but the other part of your space sits there and goes, oh, great. I, I just meditated for 10 hours. I feel great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Well, how about uh, you know, how about something good to eat? How about some exercise? How about some sleep? And, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me of uh, a a story, Jeff. When I, I used to work for Expedia, the the travel company, I would sit at a desk for eight, ten hours a day, and I, at the same time, I was training at the meditation school in Hawaii, where I was living. And I, at first I was just sitting there. I was so bored. There was almost nothing to do uh, most of the time. And I was just surfing the internet and falling asleep and pulling my hair out. And then it, it hit me, hey, why don't you start using those meditation tools that you're learning here at this desk and make this your practice, make this time your practice. If life isn't going to give you work to do here, then maybe that's the work that you need to be doing. And so I started doing that. I started using my tools and working energy while I was sitting at that desk. And I spent two years doing that. And people would come up to my desk and talk to me. And I would use my tools and say hello to them as a spiritual being when they would come up. And I would just watch these amazing miracles happen. And then at a certain point, I realized I'm not here simply to make money. Sure, that's part of it. But I'm here because life wanted me to learn certain lessons and learn them from certain people and in a certain way so that I could one day maybe teach other people who are in this similar situation. And then one day I felt like, wow, I, I graduated. You know, I'm done. And uh, and then I, I got another uh, job that was much more suited for me. And it was like it was I had to go through that fire uh, and experience. And I think a lot of people uh, who work in the corporate world, and I'm sure you guys have both had this experience where you're like, what am I doing here? You know, I'm sitting at a desk. I'm working with some people that like the, their light on the inside is off almost completely. Why? What am I doing here? Uh, I should be out there in the world doing something else. But then you recognize, wow, there's a lot to learn here and there's a lot of energy to work through and a lot of people to say hello to. So that's what I noticed anyway when I was working at Expedia. And that experience was so invaluable. And, it, you know, it would have been amazing, Jeff, if there was somebody like you who would have walked in and said, hey, everybody. You know how you're all miserable sitting at your desks? <laughs> I would love to teach you how to be happy and enjoy yourself and really squeeze the yeah. life out of every single minute that you're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. 
<laughs> totally. And that's exactly yeah. what it's all about. Is uh, at least what my picture is. This is our this is our time on the planet. What are we going to do with it? What kind of experiences are we going to have? And if we keep pitter pattering, male versus female, body versus spirit, black versus white, all these different kind of dichotomies, you know, there's there's going to be certain areas where it's great, but in general, the energy as a whole, if you look at the Earth from space, is a particular way. As I look at the Earth from space, I see the energy as it's it's already here, but we're just uncovering it, and that's more of a balance between the, the, the body and the spirit. The individuals are walking around the street, see and understand the other person that there's a male aspect of that person, there's a female aspect of that person. Uh, and seeing people not just as bodies, there's a spiritual, I think what Cody was talking about, really getting that special aha. When you have a spiritual connection with somebody, you may not know what the heck just happened, but it's like, I don't know what just happened. I, this reminds me of a story when I was in the Air Force I worked part-time uh, typing policies for Fidelity National Title Company because I was a pretty good typist. So here I do. I go off to work. I, I just I don't even change my uniform. I go over there in my camouflage, whatever, and I'm typing away, and there's this gal that was typing right in back of me. At the same time, we both turned around and said, whoa, what was that? And so the room got bright, and so something happened between us, some kind of communication we didn't know what it was. We didn't. We couldn't put our finger on it. But those are the kind of things that happen every day, and people may not give them credence. But uh, it's a to me, it's a lot more exciting life to, to have and recognize those things. Yeah. You know, even, in the, even in the smallest moments. Yeah. And a lot of times, people who are very spiritual, they almost mm -hmm. feel like they're on the outside looking in, and then there's a lot of people on the inside wishing they had more life or spirit in them. And they're looking out and it sounds like your vision is to really integrate those two pieces, bring in the Reiki teachers or bring in the healers, bring in the massage therapists, connect them with the people that are working behind the computers and desks and boardrooms and integrate all of that energy. And it's because I think you're right. That's really the next step. And, you know, I'm not as old as you guys, <laughs> but, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago there wasn't really that space to bring it into the corporate world. And just in the last couple years, really, I've noticed a huge shift where it's becoming extraordinarily popular. And there was an article in Forbes just a few weeks ago about how teaching meditation in the corporate America was a billion dollar business last year. And it's going to double quadruple over the next couple of years. So there's definitely that market that's opening up because the demand is there and people are realizing, you know, I don't have to leave the world to be spiritual or to find my life's purpose. I don't have to be in the Himalayas. I could be right at my desk and I could meditate at my desk or do whatever it is that I do to find myself and be happy here. And, you know, of course, if I want to move on, I can. But empowering people from where they are rather than kind of showing them a carrot that they need to chase it somewhere else. I, I think people are realizing, too, that it makes no sense to spend you know, a third or more of your time somewhere where you're separate from yourself and to live your life, you know, or to project the idea that I'm going to live my life outside of this space. So I go here and do this work and then I get to go live my life out yeah. there. It's, it's kind of that integration and that holistic approach of realizing that no matter where you are, this is it. This is life. Right. There, there is no going out and um, getting a life. I remember once one of my friends said to um to our you gotta get yourself a life. Yeah, yeah. So one of my friends said to Lewis once, I need to get a life and, and he and she at the time was pretty much just studying spirituality, right? So she wasn't being that productive. So she her picture was kind of I need to get a life. And um and he simply asked her, he said, Well, are you doing right now exactly what you wanted to do? Are you doing what you decided to do? And she thought for a minute. She said, well, yeah. He said, well, then you have a life. That's your life. I mean, your life is you doing what you, you consciously choosing what you're going to be doing. And um, I like that story David just shared where he kind of woke up in that job and said, well, just because I'm here, stuck here, so to speak, quote unquote, I can be consciously doing whatever I want to do here in terms of creating that reality, you know, assisting uh, or co-creating that reality, absolutely. if you will. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. 
And um, we don't have too much time left, but there is kind of another topic I wanted to pivot to a little bit with you, Jeff, um, because you have more experience with this than most, but uh, the topic of loss. And I know your your wife and uh, Beata passed away a few years ago, and she ran your center with you. Is that right? You were yep. both teachers together. And yeah. how... How is a person who teaches spirituality and, you know, so many people probably look at you, look up to you, go, oh, my God, he always has his space. He knows what he's doing. He's this amazing teacher. You know, how do you as a human deal with the level of loss like that, incorporate it into your life and then you know, maybe even teach people about it and how to work with it and how to deal with it and grow through it? What has your experience been with that? And how, how has it changed you and your perspective of spirituality in the last few years? Well, you know, I mean, I, I have to go back a little further than that and really talk about you know, how Bat and I met each other. Of course, we met each other in Sacramento when I moved up there. Uh, we were in the uh, clairvoyant training program there at the same time and met each other. We were just extremely neutral. Hey, what's up? Oh, hey, what's up? And uh, became friends. <laughs> we drive back and forth to Berkeley. We became really good friends. And then uh, we went on a trip. Uh, to Egypt by that time, we were really close. And that's when we started really off on our own to teach meditation together. And we decided that we would teach it together. So any every class, the majority of classes that I've taught and she's taught, we've been together teaching at the same time. And which is a great, uh, it's, it's, uh, awesome. it's a great elixir for the students too, because they have a male female communication happening. It's a great thing for the teacher because the, you know, you get to take a break and clear an energy that may have, may come up and, you know, in the course of the class and the other person kind of takes front and center and the other one falls back and then both of us are streaming on the same wavelength. We really worked that out and there's no, it wasn't by chance that we came together because that's what we live for. And that's really what our passion was about. That's why we started the the center, you know, really, we couldn't have children, but the center and teaching was our, is our, our children. Mm. And so, and in that space, we were, you think that a couple would be, you know, a little emotional and things. We were, we were, we were professionals. We were very, I mean, uh, Beata was an electrical engineer. You would never, knowing her, you would never guess it. Extremely smart, worked for Hewlett Packard, you know, all these you know, and was like a product program manager for all these major hardware rollouts. And at night, she would just put on her cape and we'd go together and we'd go out and teach. And so both of us were in the corporate world and moving into the spiritual world, we'll call it at night. And you got to learn so much about competition, especially with teaching, right? So you got to work your, your, we'll call it your, your pictures and your issues when you're teaching with somebody, how to lean forward, how to lean back, uh, how to uh, add on or, or, or give something else to what they just said and stay in the flow of it. And we learned that really well. And then over, uh, I guess, let's see, probably about in 2010 was really the last clairvoyant class we started together. It was a two-year program. And, uh, you know, she started getting sick. And uh, it was really a strange uh, happening. It happened really fast and quick. And uh, you're a spirit, but you're a body too. And so working that working that space for me was extremely difficult uh, supporting her. But you know, she's the one thing that really stood out to me is that her spirit shone the brightest when t- her time was at the darkest. Hmm. She became more spiritual and more bright. And so, yeah, what happened was eventually she wasn't, wasn't able to teach. So I ended up teaching by myself and, you know, she was doing what she was doing and traveling around and getting healing. And, and it's tough because there's a, you lean on each other and you, it's, 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 you don't even realize it until it's gone or it's, or it's not there. So there are a lot of things that happened because of the working together and the relationship and what we created. And, uh, it's, it, it was obviously devastating, but it happened so fast and so quick that what, what did I learn in that is that uh, Lewis used to talk about this where, and we're kind of, we, 
we learn these tools and we learn about ourselves. So when we die, we, we can take it with you. We're not learning how to die, learning how to live a gracious and wonderful life and let that transition be seamless as possible. And the, the big thing for me, the big growth period for me is, hey, dude, okay, you're a spiritual teacher. How, do you believe in spirit? So as your wife is sick and she's passing away, she's not going to be here anymore. Do you believe that she's still here beyond that body? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd ask myself the question because it's right in front of my face. And not just for me, but for all the people in our group, because none of us have really, you know, passed away that have been working spiritual tools for a long time. So, uh, and my answer was a resounding yes, because um, as the time drew near for her to, to take her next step, it was just, I mean, this, the once the, the switch got flicked, she was boom in my room every night. You know, I had the we had to work. To, we started to work together. You know, me with spirit with a body and her a spirit without a body. She was just all over the place. And, ah! I said, okay, I've got a body. I got to sleep. We got to figure this out. You know, <laughs> so we started. Got to make a schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And we uh, continued the relationship. Uh, spirit to spirit. But in the meantime, my body was needing time to kind of grieve and it was still a whole other process of some of that stuff you can't really use the tools for. It's kind of like just sitting there and letting your body weep. And yeah, just processing. Just just processing, right? Going out, going for a walk. I mean, I I use other tools, I guess. And uh, it was a total self-discovery because uh, my life changed in an instant. And so, but in that instant, I got to really bond with my body and, and get closer. And I learned a lot about delegating because we, when we could create so much together. It's like you can create a universe and then one of the universal creators decides to take a break and you got to hold up the part of it, you know? And so, you know, it's all, maybe that male came in, you got to suck it up, dude. You got to keep going. You can't let it, you know? So that kind of kicked in a little bit and, I realized after a while that, okay, your body's hurting. You got to do something. Mm-hmm. So I started getting more people involved in the center and helping out and and uh, taking more time for myself. That was the biggest thing I learned, just taking more time for myself. Because it is arduous on the body when you when you teach because you're constantly moving and processing energy. And, and sometimes you forget to take time for yourself. Uh, I mean, really take time for yourself and be be a person and just kind of let it all go. And so it's good to be able to do something else. Um, but yeah, loss is, well, I guess the, the cherry on top is that it, re- it really caused me to uh, elevate my belief in spirit. Hmm. I mean, just in general. Okay, she's real. She's over there in the corner. I see her energy where, you know, she's communicating to me. She's leaving little things here and there for me to say, guess what? It's great over here, man. Oh, my God. So at the same time, when my body's grieving, my spirit's like, oh, that's fantastic. That's unbelievable. So it's mm. it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing. It's a terrible thing and a beautiful thing at the same time. But what was really cool, everywhere along the line, we went to different hospitals around really the world. And there were angels at each stop that helped us along the way. Uh, there was uh, a group of nurses when Beata actually passed that they said, well, we do this ceremony. But we don't do it for everybody. But what we do is an anointing ceremony with essential oils, and we do kind of a thing. I don't know if you'd be into that, but I said, yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> so, wow. we did, so we did that whole process in the hospital with these nurses, and we're all crying. A friend of mine was there. And the two nurses were there, and we kind of anointed her, her body, and um, it was a—I just can't describe it. It was a beautiful scene, uh, and I got to look at uh, my wife and her the body, which wasn't her any longer. And but at the end of that ceremony, her she had a smile on her face. It was the weirdest thing, and from that point on I was like okay well there's something different here with life and death and I've just been uh, brought through a tunnel with it to figure out where am I with it and where am I with my wife after she was no longer here so yeah. the process 
So after that, hey, people came in, family members came in. It was like a whole team came in to help me, you know, transition. I drove home. I got home. I couldn't sleep that night because my wife is, she's in my ear saying, I want you to put down Shiva. I want you to put her down. Now, we had a dog who was her favorite dog, her dolphin dog, she called it. And she was blind and she was old and she was on her, her, her last leg, but we didn't want to put her down before we went on our trip or our healing trip. So the very next day, uh, my brother and sister were there and a friend. And I said, you know what? I know I hate to do, but we, we have to put this dog down. Rata wants, wants her dog. So uh, fortunately, my friend who's a vet gave me all the stuff to put the dog down. So we, we, we brought the dog out to the deck and my other three dogs were came up. They were running around the yard. As soon as we did, we brought my other dog up. We did the same ceremony for the dog that we did for my wife, the same ceremony. And when we're doing the ceremony, my three dogs are sitting at attention on the steps, just kind of looking out, holding space. Mm. And uh, we just put her down. And, and uh, now when she passed away, I put her on the ground. My brother took a picture. My brother, who's very skeptical about spiritual stuff, he goes, dude, check this picture out. There's a huge arc of light that comes from the ground all the way up <laughs> to the sky. It's amazing. And so wow. me, uh, you know, what does it mean? It's, to me, it's a, it's a lesson in life and, and death. And the, the, wonder, the wonderment of spirit, it just continues on. I still don't feel like she's, you know, past. Her body physically isn't here, but her spirit is, you know, present, more present uh, at certain times more than others. But amazing! It's a wow. yeah, it's a it's a big shift because I had to I had to from a guy perspective I had to really you know pick it up isn't the word but I had to to uh, get more proficient and efficient and. I answer some hard questions about, you know, what is life? What is death? What are you doing? How much time do you have? Mm. How do you want to leave? What What do you want to do in the time that you have here on earth? Are you wasting your time? Are you spending it wisely? Are you, are you teaching? Are you giving pearls, you know, to swine? What are you doing with your time? has been the biggest thing for me. And I still, I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And it's the one thing you can't have more of, and we give it away so often. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you, Jeff. I don't, I don't know how we could follow that up with another question. I think that's a great place to wrap this up. But um, I just want to thank you so much for sharing that story. It was powerful. I was really tearing up and had to mute myself. Just like, whoa, oh, my God. That's an incredible uh, incredibly powerful story. And I think everyone listening probably just learned a hell of a lot from hearing it. And, uh, I can't imagine how much richness that brings to your teaching space and to the students that you work with. So lucky them. And if, uh, if anybody wants to check out Jeff's work, it's uh, sacredheartwellnesscenter.com. Is that right, Jeff? Yeah. We're also up on, also up on meetup. Meetup.com. Search for us there. Beautiful. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much, Jeff. Is there anything, Cody, that you want to mention before we finish? No, I would just say the same thing. Thank you so much, Jeff, for that sharing that story. What a powerful uh, story to end on. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, wish you all the best with uh, your continued teaching. And I see you bringing great things to the world. So it's, it's great Absolutely. to be able to, uh, for us to play our part in helping to share that uh, with the world. So thank you again for spending the time. And, uh, and one day, uh, Jeff, Cody, and I will teach a men's only workshop or retreat. So for emails out there, it's coming and it's, it'll be there at a certain point. <laughs> and then it'll be followed. <laughs> Instead of three sensitive men, it'll be a whole bunch. <laughs> then we could do the workshop for women about their men, right? thanks jeff well thank you for coming and hope you all enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time and best wishes to all of you and thank you aloha <laughs> yeah thank you everybody
Peace. You've been listening to the Energy Matters Podcast with Cody Edner and David Gandelman. Brought to you by intuitivevision.net and groundedmind.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.com.